Okay, we're going to start something new this week. Uh, I got Blair Kirkhoff here with me. I'm Kel Chavanette. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Kansas State football on our Kansas State Wildcats podcast with the Kansas State Star and the Wichita Eagle. Um, Blair, thanks for coming uh, to today to talk with us. Yeah, happy to be here. You saw a, uh, a closer than expected one in the opener, didn't you? Yeah, uh, a lot closer than people expected. Um, uh, I, I think everybody kind of figured, you know, Bill Snyder might hold some things back with Mississippi State up next, and maybe it wouldn't be quite as, as clean a blowout as uh, some seasons, but to see him need a fourth-quarter comeback and to win by only three had a lot of people sweating. Yeah, yeah, and I was, you know, so when when, when I talked with South Dakota, I, I looked up, you know, what they were supposed to be about, and I think they finished middle of the pack in the Missouri Valley uh, last year, eight and five overall, and and thought, okay, you know, a competent team, not not the worst in their conference and not the best, not in a conference that has North Dakota State, um, you know, the, the, the perennial power, but somebody that, that you know, wouldn't wouldn't be a, a, a terrible opponent for K-State, somebody they should put away in the second half. And uh, what? You know, second half, how about fourth quarter late is when, uh, is, is when K-State won this game. So, uh, but they did win it. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what matters. I, I was driving back from Columbia, Missouri, listening to, listening to the game and thinking, man, what, uh, what, what could, what could Bill Snyder say if they lost this one? But, uh, thankfully there was Isaiah Zuber. Yeah, um, he's definitely, he went from, in one game, he went from, you know, kind of a middling wide receiver, everybody was questioning to all of a sudden be in this, uh, highlight reel, number one playmaker on the team. And I guess there's just maybe some magic there in being the punt returner or kick returner at Kansas State. Uh, if you get enough enough chances, you're going to have big plays with the with all the attention they get to special teams. So he he had a really good one there. And then obviously to get open um, in the back of the end zone for the game when he touched down, it's it's pretty interesting um, the parallels between that play and the play that they had at the very end against Iowa State in their last home game last year. Both were kind of broken plays where. Skyler Thompson finds Isaiah Zuber in the back of the end zone to win. Um, definitely not something you want to rely on every game, but definitely no. a, a nice sign of, of progress that at least they've got somebody they can turn to and say, hey, this guy could, could go make, make a play when we need it. Right. And I read something that you had written earlier about Zuber. Remind me how long he's been in the program and what and what the expectation for him was coming into this season. Or not yeah. this season, but his, but when he, when he came to K-State. Right. Well, um, he's a junior now, and when he came to Kansas State, it was, you know, everybody was just talking about how fast he was. Uh, for two years, all we've been hearing about is that he's the fastest on the roster. He can make all these big plays. It's just kind of a weird thing that his uh, he was he, he's always been really good at getting open. He actually led the team in catches last year by a pretty wide margin. So then he ranked like fourth or fifth um, in terms of overall yardage because all his catches were pretty short. He only averaged 10 yards per haul. So that's kind of the question everybody had this year was, all right, um, can this guy make that next step uh, and be a, a deep a deep threat and a number one receiver kind of guy who can who can lead a passing attack? Um, you know, I, I still think that that jury's a little bit out, but he definitely had one yeah. game. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you know, <laughs> thank goodness for him on on Saturday. If you're if you're a K State fan, that uh, that was. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what the doctor ordered for for the Wildcats. I I sure didn't expect to see uh, Barnes put the put the ball on the ground a couple of times. And what was it? Three turnovers minus three in the 
in the it, turnover ratio? It, it was minus, minus four, actually. Minus four. So oh, my very, God. Very, very uncharacteristic night. Alex Barnes had three fumbles, lost two of them. Um, Alex Belton threw a pick six, which that hurt. Right. And then right. Skylar, Skylar Thompson threw an interception where I actually threw a good pass to Dalton Schoen, but he bobbled it a little bit. South Dakota uh, defensive back came in and picked it off. Um, so, yeah, very uncharacteristic. They actually – so that one was a little bit unlucky. Alex Delton had another two passes that uh, actually hit South Dakota players in the hands. So could have even had more interceptions if things would have broken wrong. So that's definitely what they'll want to clean up here moving forward. I was going to say, suffice to say that a minus-four turnover ratio, not going to get it done this Saturday. Uh, no, not against Mississippi State, uh, uh, the 18th-ranked Mississippi State. I, I will say, though, that it, it is interesting to me is that when you go back and look historically at Kansas State, um, I, I find it interesting that when they've struggled against FCS opponents in opening games, it really hasn't been a death knell for their season. Um, a lot of times, maybe not a lot of times, but some of the times it's almost um, – it really doesn't seem to matter – uh, the two games I remember most specifically are in 2011 when they had Colin Klein on the team and had 10 wins. Uh, their first game, they needed a super deep pass from Klein to Chris Harper to beat Eastern Kentucky 10-7 uh, on, like, their final drive. So before that, they were losing 7-3 to to an FCS team. This was, a, this was a team that went on to play in the Cotton Bowl. And then I think right. it was – and didn't they have a good opponent the next week, or who did they play the following week? Right, and then the next week, I, uh, I believe the very next week, they played Miami. Uh, at, at, the, at there, at, in yeah. Miami, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, in Florida and won the game. So if you're looking if you're looking for something to uh, – looking for some hope to, to say, well, you know, one week doesn't necessarily uh, – isn't necessarily indicative of the whole season, bam, there right. you go. Yep. Yep. Well, I thought about that because you're right. He, he, there is a, a knack of playing poorly, uh, or at least you know playing so vanilla that you, you don't show your next opponent anything, and and you've prepared a lot in the preseason for that that opponent, whether it was Miami or UCLA or Auburn or Mississippi State, and 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 look, you you, you run into a competent FCS or a low level uh, FBS program, and, and it can you know it can be closer than comfort. For you know, for K State, but they they always win them. You know, they, they they pretty much always win those games, and and then tend to play well in the next one. So I you know I thought about that as I consider the the K State Mississippi State game this weekend, and and um, I'm, I'm I'm sure that there's a you know Mississippi State looks at what what Kansas State did in their in their opener, and knowing what Mississippi State how they destroyed Stephen F Austin and. I, I got to think that uh, confidence is flowing in Starkville this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess what's interesting about them, though, is that uh, the quarterback, who I, I guess I, I read somewhere either tied or set an SEC record with seven touchdowns in that game, uh, isn't even going to play this week. He was just a, a fill-in. <laughs> yeah, not the regular. <laughs> yeah, he's just a fill-in guy. Um, I even asked some people out there if there's any chance to – that caused the QB controversy, and the answer was no way. And you're sticking with uh, Nick Fitzgerald, who has been there for three years, um, just for serving a one-game suspension. Now he'll be back and uh, and playing this week. I, I think that throws an interesting wrench into all this, that you've got a, a new head coach um, and a, a, a quarterback who you never, who Bill Snyder's never seen play for the new coach coming in to play here. That, uh, that could be an interesting twist. I think so too. Um, and then, of course, on the road for the first time. But 
I, I really like the coach. His name is uh, Joe Moorhead. He'd been Penn State's offensive coordinator before um, uh, before coming to Mississippi State. He'd been a head coach, I believe, at Fordham before that, but Mississippi State's first um, you know Power Five head coaching job, and he was you know Saquon Barkley's coach in, in that offense before before taking over and. He is really uh, considered one of the one of the great offensive minds in in college football, and as we saw, uh, putting up whatever what it was sixty one or sixty three on their, their first uh, their first game last week. So, I've actually am, I'm pretty high on Mississippi State this year. I uh, you know before the season, before I saw LSU roll all over Miami and uh, uh, and, 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 uh, and and Auburn beat a really good Washington team, I had Mississippi State as my Second choice, uh, kind of an upset, uh, you know, second place team to Alabama in the West. I, I don't know about that now after the first week results, but but that's how high I've been on on Mississippi State. So this is a really, I think, really good team. Even though it's a first year coach, but it's a it's a solid team coming into to Manhattan on on Saturday morning. I, you know, I, I wish it were a six thirty game. I, I wish it, you know, I think the atmosphere would be better if fans had all day to tailgate and. Um, and, and to get ready for this game, I think the 11 a.m. game kind of hurts the Wildcats in this one. I know it's just a, you know that's sort of a you know in a, a side note, but um, it was, I was that was something else I was thinking about. I, I just wish this were a six, six or six thirty game. Yeah, I think a lot of Kansas State fans would agree with you there. Um, I got a question for you here, though, Blair. You're talking about electric atmospheres at Bill Snyder Family Stadium in a non-conference game. Um, we haven't had a whole lot of them in Manhattan over the years because um, until recently, we all know Bill Snyder liked to schedule, um, shall we say, um, not not ranked opponents in the yeah. uh, non-conference person schedule. Um, but they have done it before. Um, you go and they they've actually won one of those games at home. It's been all the way you have to go all the way back to 2002. They played USC and Pete Carroll. That's the last time I remember beat, that. That's the last time they beat a non-conference team that was ranked at home. Uh, I'd like to pick your brain. What are your memories memories from that one? Well, I, I remember a couple things. Um, uh, Carson Palmer was the USC coach or the quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, went on to win the Heisman that year. And Terrence Newman uh, was the defensive star for the Wildcats, and the, the atmosphere was phenomenal. It, look, just to see. Southern California, the Trojans, the historic Trojans playing at, you know, at, at uh, on in, in that stadium that night uh, was was phenomenal. It was a really good game, back and forth kind of game. K State ended up winning by a touchdown, I believe, but it was uh, one of those surreal atmospheres. Look, you've always you've always seen Oklahoma and Nebraska, you know, play at, at every other year at the, at the stadium. But to see, you know, a, a nationally, you know, recognized power program like USC come to Manhattan, and it was the the back end of a home and home. I was at the LA Coliseum the, the previous year to see, um, or not the LA Coliseum, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was the LA Coliseum, where where Kansas State went out and beat uh, and beat the, uh, the Trojans in a real low scoring game, like ten to six or something. And I believe that was Pete Carroll's first year with um, you know, with USC. So. Uh, that was how, how cool was that for um, for Kansas State to sweep a home and home with with USC with that second game in Manhattan, and that was when, when Southern Cal was just on the edge of becoming the, the the great power that it became the following year with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and, and those guys. But 
Um, but no, what a what a neat atmosphere, and and, and there've been others as well. Miami's been there, UCLA, and the, the Auburn game. I remember a few years ago the real hard luck loss that that, um, that the Wildcats had. But it's you know there not, it's not many uh, not not many of these types of opponents come into in, into the stadium. It's fun when they do. Yeah, and I, that's why I think I've been telling people all year uh, this this is their. Most important game, I think, even more than any of the Big 12 ones. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, at West Virginia, the first Big 12 game, maybe Texas, the first uh, home conference game, you got to win those to set yourself up later. I get all that, but if you just look back the last couple of years they've had, their two best seasons have been when they beat, they swept Miami. They beat them in 2011 and 2012, and both those years they went on to win double-digit games. Um, and every other year they challenged themselves against these teams. They've lost to Auburn. They've lost to Stanford. They lost by Super Vanderbilt. And to me, that's that's kind of signaled the difference between you know uh, a pretty good team and a really good team. So I, in my mind, I think this is, if not the toughest game or most important, I should say, game of the season is definitely right up there. Um, I personally think Kansas State bounces back, has a good game. I'm not sure they play quite good enough to win, but I think they'll be right there with them. Uh, I'm just curious, what, what what's your prediction? What are you thinking? You know, I I do like I think. The line, the last line I saw was seven, either seven and a half or eight, somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half. And I absolutely like Kansas State um, with, with that at home with that with that spread absolutely to cover. Do I like them to win? I'm going to say if, if we were still picking games for the newspaper, we don't do that anymore. But if we did, I would pick Kansas State to win this game. I'd give them a wow. anywhere from a one to three point victory, just because I, I think the. The first game unfolded almost perfectly for a team to be motivated and inspired. They they got the win, and they didn't play well at all. They made a lot of mistakes. You can get a team's focus and attention in a week like this and get them, I think, uh, to, to to play up. And I think that's what it's going to take to to play up. They're going to – it's going to be really interesting because we know what we see in the Big 12 week after week, the, you know, usually the high-powered offense, and, and Kansas State tries to slow them down. Here we're going to see, I think, a high-powered offense with, with athletes all over the field, SEC athletes. They're, they're just it's – it's a different level. It just is. I mean, um, uh, we, we can talk about you know, relative strength of conferences, but the, the SEC is the best, and they're the best because they have the best athletes in their part of the country, and they keep them, most of them at home. And so I love I love games like this. I love the challenge. But this is this is a kind of game where if, if these teams were playing in the you know in the Cotton Bowl or um, you know the Alamo Bowl, you'd be pretty excited about it, right? Um, they're playing in a regular season game in the second week of September, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm quite uh, as bold as you to say they'll win. I think they've got a, a pretty decent shot at it. I think the seven half spread is way too high. I, I'll, I'll stick with the, a close loss more than a close win. But I, I think it's, uh, I think it, uh, I, I like, I like the way you're talking. I think that's definitely possible. You think? Uh, well, one more question here for you. You think? You think Bill sure. Snyder's genuine in what he says that he'll keep splitting quarterbacks this week, even though uh, Skylar Thompson probably played the better game in Week One? I think so. I, I do. Um, uh, you know, yes, I, I do. I, you know, without without knowing Mississippi State's defense really well, I, you know, what what do they what do they prepare for? I think it I, I think it's smart just to have a, a, an opponent have to spend time in practice having to prepare for both types of quarterbacks because when you do that, that means you're not spending time doing something else in practice. And and uh, 
I, I think it's really smart to continue that. Now, you know, did it work the way, you know, Bill Snyder hoped it would work in, in week one? No, it didn't. Um, but I, 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 we'll see. I think it's one of those things where he can say something Monday or Tuesday, and then, you know, as practice week unfolds, uh, may change his mind later in the week. And if it does happen that way, and, and, and either Dalton or Thompson play the majority of snaps, you, you, you can't call him out for that. I, I think that, you know, you just want to get a feel for, for maybe who's, you know, who's playing better this week and, 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 and maybe it just takes a different, um, it, it, it takes a different reality on, on Saturday. Um, but I, I do think, I, I just believe Bill when he says what he did earlier this week about, uh, you know, have it still, still planning to play both. Yeah, I, I think both still see the field. I, I wonder if it is a little bit of a, more of a smoke screen this week. Um, the statement that kind of had me scratch my head was where he said he thought there wasn't much separation between them. Thought they both played about the same. Um, at least in my eyes, I thought Skylar Thompson had the superior superior game, um, especially when you factor in that he threw the game when he touched down pass and he had a tight end drop another one. Uh, that if, if that gets hold on held right. on to, that's totally different. Um, I, I, I do think we see both. Maybe not quite the, the split right down the middle. But you're right. If uh, if somebody can play head games with an SEC opponent, it's Bill Snyder. Yes, <laughs> or any opponent. That's for sure. There you go. All right. Well, we'll we'll end it there. Blair, thanks for coming on. Take talk Kansas State sports with me. Thanks, Kelsey.